Yes, guys, welcome back to the original Judo podcast. I'm James Austin, and we are back again. I'm back with the cheesy intro music. Um, I'm on my own today, and I got bored of listening to my own voice in the silence, so I thought I'd stick something in there. Fitz is away. Um, he's currently at the African Championships, supporting one of the athletes he works with. But I'm going to stick with the theme of Olympic selection nightmares and we're going to take a trip up to heavyweights and look at the big men. So we could have looked all at quite a few different nations. So the Georgians have got um, former world champion Tushishvili, uh, former world junior champion Zahalishvili. Russia's got two athletes as well. Tasiev is the current like joint world champion. Um, Bashir, who took a bronze at Tokyo Olympics, uh, argue, arguably both those guys have beaten Rinna, um, who I guess, regardless maybe of, of recent results, he probably remains the, the measuring stick for the very best of the division. Uh, we could look to the Dutch as well, they've got three athletes sat inside the top 20. You know, double world bronze medalist Roy Mayer, European champion year speakers and um, the addition of like multiple Grand Prix Grand Slam medalist Yella Snipe as well makes that a really kind of interesting dilemma. But for me, I think the, the selection dilemma that's the most interesting has already been resolved. Um, in August, Japan announced their heavyweight selection for Paris next year already. So Japan have been searching for a heavyweight champion who can win at the global level for some time. They've been without a world or Olympic champion at heavyweight since Kamakawa, Daiki Kamakawa beat Rina in the world openweight final in 2010. Um, you know, with the exception of one man, and we'll come to him in a minute. So since then, Japan have taken 11 world or Olympic medals. Only one of them has been gold. In February of 2020, Japan announced their Tokyo team. When the games was postponed a year later, the national team committed to their original selections. And this created a situation where a handful of athletes who hadn't been named in the, the Olympic team uh, went on to produce some incredible results, creating, you know, an argument that selectors should have looked again, you know, at the very least reconsidered their positions. So obviously we went on to see that that Japanese Olympic team was the most successful ever. I think they took nine Olympic titles, um, but one way where they came up glaringly short was at heavyweight where Harasawa, who admittedly uh, has a Olympic silver from Rio, he has a world silver from 2019, um, ended up finishing in fifth place. Um, and and this perhaps kind of created a bit of discussion because before the games began, no one had more of an argument to be reconsidered for selection than uh the other, the other Japanese heavyweight, Kokoro Kagura, who just weeks before the original selection was made, he became the first man to beat Rinna 
um, you know, the heavyweight king. He ended his 10-year winning streak in front of that kind of Paris home crowd, Teddy Winner's home crowd at the Paris Grand Slam with this beautiful uh, Uchimatsu Keishi. Um, a little, you know, a little after that, a year later, once World Judo had kind of resumed, it restarted in the aftermath of COVID, Kagura was, you know, incredible form to win the world title beating some big names, like including uh, Bashev, Russia, who went on to beat Rinna uh, in the Olympic semi-final, I'm going to say. Um, he's he's left-handed. Uh, he's got dynamite drop CI. You know, he can ping people with that for 10, but he's also great at driving through, continuing straight into Niwaza. He's got a, such a good feel for judo like and it, it feels strange saying that because he's japanese judoka of course he has but you see him score an awful lot w- against right handers particularly with that uchimatsukation it it looks like he he can really kind of feel the the tension and has perfect timing to to score with it you know he's, he's pretty impressive on the deck as well uh he's one of only a few heavyweights who i think actively hunt scores certainly in the men's um he actively hunts scores on the ground and he picks up a lot of wins that way but then by japanese standards this olympic cycle hasn't gone well for him it started perhaps a little slowly for the world number 12 and despite winning the asian championships last year he hasn't finished on the the top spot at any igf world events and that's perhaps opened a little bit of space and into that space has come the youngster uh tatsuya saito who comes with a pretty incredible pedigree uh he's the son of a double olympic champion hitoshi saito um he made an immediate impact on the world stage in 2021 winning the 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 baku grand slam you know a year later he wins the world masters he's beat like established stars on the circuit you know world medalists um and his first worlds, he kind of marched all the way through to the final before faltering, I guess, at the final hurdle, being outworked by uh, Cuba's granda. And again, he, he settled for, for silver. He became another Japanese legend like Harasawa, Shishinoe before him, who came up short in a world final. He is almost opposite of kagura you know he's 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 big he's six foot five he weighs in regularly like between 165 170 kilos and he has judo with it he's another left-hander he regularly scores with uchimata and osoto uh but when he attacks he like he commits um there's few kind of big combinations but there's lots of force behind every attack and you'll see him score like with some of that kind of big man judo, like winding harrows, as well as he has a, a pretty quick, pretty deep Taitoshi. It wouldn't be a miss around some of the lighter weights. So his last two events haven't gone so well. You know, he, we talked about he, he, this cycle, he's won the back of Grand Slam, he's won World Masters back in 2022, but the last two events, um, he took third place, the recent Masters. And before that, he lost to Rinner in the quarterfinal of the Worlds, ended up finishing seventh. So that can, brings us all the way back around, I guess, to like August. And when the team was announced, Saito was the man who got that 
nod of approval. And whilst I understand that this is going to give him time to prepare without the pressure of like that ongoing selection battle for the Olympic Games, I think this is a weight category where they could have waited. Kagura's argument for selection perhaps isn't going to be as strong as his pre-Tokyo one, but as their only world champion at the weight in the last decade, as well as being one of just a few men to hold a victory over Rinner, I think they are perhaps wrong to count him out so early in the Olympic cycle. Anyways, that's the that's the pod. So let me know what you think of the decision to select the, the Japanese heavyweight representative so early. Have they made the wrong call? Does Kagura uh, have it in him to push Saito for selection? Or is Saito special? You know, does he have, does having that extra time to prepare perhaps with maybe like limited competition exposure? I think quite often the Japanese try and limit how much the European athletes end up facing their fighters. So we might not see him a huge amount between now and Paris games next year. Is that going to make the difference for him? You know, when it comes to stepping on that Olympic mat, let me know, get in touch on Twitter or Instagram at original judo pods, like subscribe, all that usual nonsense, blah, blah, blah. Catch you soon.